So what they what they're just saying is like there there is things that are static. Yeah. But there is also things that have movement and they're always moving. Seen random, but they always have a pattern. But basically yeah. what they were saying is like there is a diagram. Yeah. In the background. Even if it, it, it does crazy, there is always some sort of structure underneath it, which means it's a is a diagram. So there is diagrams for there is for, for different sort of kind of situation. In this case, Manuel Delanda talks about three of them. Um, mm-hmm. And this is important because this this whole idea of the dynamical systems uh, mm-hmm. is what helps us understand that things are not black and white, mm-hmm. but there is always a range. Like what you were saying, like things they becoming. It's, yeah, it's yeah. sort of there, but sometimes leans to this side, sometimes leans to that side, and then sort of comes back again to this this point. Um, mm-hmm. So that, that, only, that's important. But but oh, definitely, totally agree on that. I think also the only thing that again pops into my head about it is that this to draw to represent. Uh, a, a diagram uh, or of course conceptually speaking again like you just mentioned uh, Delanda's uh, explanations of those three uh, broader types of diagrams it would somehow not those diagrams would not have a aesthetic priority right in their representation like uh, someone like Eisenman that that stood out and said, yes, but make diagrams about the architectural form that carries the meaning. Mm-hmm. Make a diagram where you will have an architectural uh, object uh, made abstract and the relationships made clear. Where the relationships are complex and they are all in a state of becoming, but make right. that clear. But there should be, like, what I'm asking is, can this be, can somebody reduce, not that I want to go around and police people and figure out who's drawing the best diagrams, but can somebody take a grasshopper, the image, a screenshot of a grasshopper script and call it a diagram? Although, yes, there are, they probably used a little JPEG file somewhere in there. They've probably used some primitives that are stored in a list somewhere in there. They've probably applied it to a very, very specific uh, geological, topological um, field, uh, which has all those qualities and values in there. But the grasshopper script itself wouldn't be carrying the meaning of the diagram, would it? Mm. Or maybe it's a very silly question, I don't know. No, well, I, I, I can maybe I can trace back a bit the the the, the parametrics history. Uh, oh, please yeah. go for it. Some, uh, so, so when you were saying like the Eisenman doing this grid uh-huh. mm-hmm, sort of mm-hmm. by hand, uh, mm-hmm. the scaling and of this, um, yes, it's very procedural already. It's it's, it's almost parametric. <laughs> you you could consider it because he chooses linkages and stuff like that. Um, Greg Lynn started uh, his career with Peter Eisenman. He worked for for Peter Eisenman, and it was Greg Lynn who brought the computer to Peter Eisenman's studio for the first time. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> uh, so the whole that's then you start seeing where parametrics were 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 sort of born in this context of architecture, because uh, the idea was that like. Okay, we understand that it's about bringing information and sort of connecting it and mm-hmm. having connections between these sort of different layers of information. Uh, these, this post Eisenman generation, correctly in UN Studio, FOA, uh, Razer Umemoto, uh, they all understood this. And what they were trying to do was to do the digital version of Eisenman in a way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And most of them try to use Katia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because Katia will allow you to keep track of all these connections of your geometry. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was too hard. Like it was, it was, it was, uh, that, that's when I was in 2005 in London. And I remember 
everybody was trying to use Katia in, in the AA, and Farshid was trying to teach students uh, Katia in the GSD. And then she herself said, it's too hard. Like, it just takes too much time to master the, the tool, tool. Mm-hmm. to produce stuff. That's when Grasshopper comes in, in, into the scene okay. and makes it much easier to, to parameterize stuff. To manage uh, splines. And... Yeah, mm-hmm. but it's quite different. Like, the idea of Katia or Digital Project and Grasshopper is quite different because... In digital project or Katia, the first thing you do, uh, you you do in the software uh, is there, is recorded, and then the second one is sort of linked, parameterized with that one, and the third. But you see the whole tree, mm-hmm. always. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Grasshopper, it's not quite like that. Uh, like you create said, loops and everything. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So. It's, it was a bit lost. I think. I think we 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 conceptually we lost the idea, like why we were using Grasshopper instead of Katia. Katia was mm-hmm. was the right tool. It was just too hard to to learn mm-hmm. to use it to parameterize the, the information in a project, the diagrams. But then we started using Grasshopper, and it was the go-to tool. Yeah. But I think sadly there was that uh, a bit of a loss there when when we, we went into Grasshopper because it became about form finding sometimes just yeah. pure mm-hmm. form finding mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, more than this idea of the bringing the diagrams and the meaning and, and right. all of, of this. Right when. Like we just come a little out. I mean, I also, I just want to bring up, I think in that uh, discussion we just had a few minutes ago about um, uh, how in the city, when the project is presented and even just for a feasibility idea, the the people come there and then they're just looking at it and then they're like, yeah, this is what is going to come and, you know. So, but that image that is being shown is a representation of a reality that might be put out there, right? Yes. <laughs> so how do you look at that uh, that production of that kind of reality? Like, do you think... Because I feel like the... Di- is the diagram a mind is equal to blown kind of a moment thing? Like, oh, I showed the... Oh, I revealed my diagram and everyone who was seeing this feasibility study happen or things like that. When I actually in that presentation also revealed the diagram, there was a mind is equal to blown moment. Everyone was on board and then they, you know, (laughs) said, let's do this. They told us about this uh, thing, you know, I think there is that image also kind of carries a, a weight somewhere. Or something yeah, there's a kind of confrontation yeah. between the viewer and the the narrative within the image. It's yeah. a, to them, yeah. both are real, right? Yeah, yeah. There so, is this. Sorry, go ahead. No. Yeah, yeah, no, go ahead. That was that's the basic question. How do you understand the reality of the situation that is presented there, and, and how do you look at that? Yeah, I, I would say two points. Let me write. In a, uh, here that I'm going to talk about two points because I'm going to get lost. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, that's great. <laughs> uh, yes, I recognize and... Libni again now. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, yes. So I'm going to talk about Enscape and I'm going to talk about ah. uh, uh. Uh, yeah, this connection. Uh, uh, yes. Yeah. So, for example, in this project, the particular feasibility museum proposal, um, we I use Grasshopper, and then I mm-hmm. produced these sort of bridges, uh, towers, super fast, and then we did some options, and I could like tweak stuff, and then we decided, oh, it looks too thick, too light, blah, 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 and then boom, Enscape, print screen, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. The thing is, Enscape then looks quite realistic. The, the bridge that I model had 
glass frames, rails, like it was really detailed. But so maybe it was part of our fault that we represented it too realistic. Okay. And then people just think this is the thing. <laughs> it's not like an idea. So we should have show it more uh, uh, schematic, maybe. Abstract, um, okay. whatever. Yeah. Uh, but then if we would have gone maybe even further and we would have provided a web page with a VR uh, thing, uh-huh. people would yeah. have bought this project because it's awesome. Like you go into this bridge, you get a <laughs> right. view of the whole city. Yeah, yeah. You, you understand the potentials of, of this project. Or a friend was telling me in an UN studio, they have, when they're doing competitions like concepts, they try to model as realistic as possible, like uh-huh. as detailed as possible. And they have these master builders next to them, to the teams. And they show mm-hmm. these sketches and then the master builder says, oh yes, no, this is not possible as a construction detail. Maybe you should do it like this. So okay. on purpose, they they present highly uh, resolved, resolved. resolved, even if it is a concept stage, mm-hmm. because somehow they have learned uh, that, that that makes the project more believable. It is a funky shape, but we know it can be built. So the client feels safer. Um, mm-hmm. So I guess that's then the deal. Like if you can build really fast these models, you yeah. show them to the public, you create some sort of a trust uh, uh, with them. That's the second point. Um, uh, but then you, you should be able to explain uh, 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 that it's a concept. But yes, but it's right. Uh, People will always come first from the image. Mm-hmm, if they mm-hmm. feel an attachment, they feel an interest, then they will start asking more questions about it. Yeah. And then finally, you can show the diagram. But if you reveal the diagram as <laughs> the as the yeah as the reason for your project, then it's really hard to convince people because. It's just too hard to see a diagram. It's a story so without characters, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, it's, it's like, and also it's like, it feels like you are like forcing people to eat something. It's like, this yeah. is it. Like, this is the truth and you have to accept it. Yeah, and you're going to get yeah. the flavor in your burp <laughs> after you eat it. <laughs> yeah, which... Disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. getting super conceptual now. Yeah. Which happened to, to the Yokohama project. Like, that's the <laughs> classic uh, story where they started in the, the press conferences uh, explaining the diagrams and, like, nobody was understanding anything. And suddenly it's like... Oh, it looks like a wave. Yay! <laughs> Suddenly there was a, an image that they could relate to. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I think that was also a lesson that, that we could learn from that project. Like you, you, you first start with, with this is the project. This is how it looks. Do you feel engaged with it? Okay, then let me tell you more about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know, like the movies that start with a with with killing in the first scene and then you want to know <laughs> what happened like why this person was right. killed yeah um but on the other yeah on the other hand uh, I, I i i touched a bit on 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 the word uh, trust and 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 in this context in the swedish context trust is such a crazy important word mm-hmm. like uh the, the, linking it for example to the corona crisis right mm. it's all about trust and if the government says the government, in this case, is the, the guy in charge of the Ministry of, uh, health, of and uh, health. And if he says, this is what we need to do, then w- here, we, the citizens, we trust because we put this guy there because he's capable. So mm-hmm. if he's saying it, then let's trust what he says. And that's how he's, he's, how he's been working. And mm-hmm. it's always been about like recommendations and never... Uh, about like laws mm. so it's all been based on this and and then the, the the rating of trust here from citizens to the government is super high it's like above 80 percent okay so, so there are put, no anti-corona protests <laughs> there is some exceptions in the capital but 
<laughs> Those rebels. <laughs> ah, avant-garde. Huh? <laughs> uh, it's, it's very few. Uh, but, um, but yeah, but the, the, here, because sorry, I thought about when you say like, like the, 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 you reveal the diagram or not, or you bring yeah. people. And it's always then about creating this trust uh, to people. Like then they trust what you're saying. And uh, uh, yes, yeah, sorry, no. So maybe sometimes it's not enough. It's not needed to show the diagram, yeah. but it's sort of uh, like we as designers should be. Uh, we should have this, provide this if necessary. Like it's gonna be there if somebody needs to read it to access it. It's there and it's available. And probably right, if we if we we publish the project, we include the diagrams. We, but maybe we don't insist on this is the diagram, but uh, mm -hmm. we talk more about the final result. Uh, yeah. But it's about trust. Sorry, because uh, yeah, it's this thing here. Also in the office, it reflects this Swedish trust reflects in our own office. Like I don't know, like open servers. Like I can access any project of any other office. Like everything, even the budget contracts. Like I can read anything. Mm -hmm. yeah. do I do it do I go to all the folders and try to check no I yeah. just but I know it's there right and then yeah. this sense of trust like I could go and read it but do I need to no and it, it's very important too uh, as, mm -hmm. as, a, mm -hmm. as a as an idea of democracy the idea of transparency that mm -hmm. everything is available if you need or you are interested in it It's of course right. it's accessible, but do I need to show you everything? Or no. do you need to study everything? Yeah, like I don't on need the to server, stuff, like stuff your face with information. Yeah, um, yeah. But if it is available, I think it's something we as designers should provide. Like we we we, we shouldn't hide. Yeah, uh, mm -hmm. this this kind of information. I think what you said uh, a couple of minutes ago was something that struck with me very interesting. You said. You know, it's like starting a movie with showing the killing scene mm. in the in the first uh, part of the film, which is to say that you're setting up the stakes at ah. the get-go, right? And I think the representation of a reality is, uh, therefore, does it, according to you, carry the same meaning as setting up the stakes of a situation? Like, this is, this is what this is all about. This is the, this is... A aspect of the reality or a representation of a reality that might uh, come there, but uh, this is what is at stake. You know, it's I think that mm. the, I think reality. Do you think reality carries that the record of that? And you okay. may also actually. I mean, our questions. I think I want to just add to yeah. what Chirag asked. Is that also we are engaging at the moment with. Um, Uh, some of the speculative realists actually much more with uh, uh, discussions uh, on what uh, Graham Harman proposes in terms of mm. realism as um, holding enough uh, aesthetic importance that people try to explore that confrontation with with what uh, each person might understand as a reality. And also in that sense, I think Chirag asks... Yeah. that 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 there is this uh, moment of confrontation yeah with mm -hmm. an image uh, where uh, reality is either assumed or reality is uh, uh, that that exchange is happening in that pocket and time and space have collapsed in a moment mm -hmm. and then there is a reaction you know whatever mm -hmm. they like it or they yeah. want to know how expensive it is or sometimes even between architects when we see works from other offices or other architects and uh, first there is the moment of confrontation if you're not too busy scrolling on design but there's <laughs> there's a moment where uh, a, a making sense or sensing you know i literally mean making a certain sense of a certain image as the viewer or the sort of audience uh How does this sort of maybe in a more simpler way? Obviously, it's extremely confused in my head. Uh, how do you see this aspect of realism and the confrontation with it? 
especially in in your own experiences where you've already described how sort of trust is foregrounded first and then how does this hyper realism work because yeah. i think a vr website for a proposal like that in let's say i mean we can speak maybe for mumbai would be would but we cannot imagine how uh, it would uh, be of value for a public uh, opinion you know mm-hmm. to, to figure out if you put a vr website is it just going to be used as a gimmick then and then everyone falls for every project on every uh, vr tool saying hey but it's on vr look we can already experience something that doesn't exist and that's enough mm. how do you see this yeah. relationship between the trust and the sort of representation of a fiction which mm-hmm. is so real yeah in either in an image which is hyper realistically made and it's a still image or within a sort of vr environment or yeah i don't know yeah. does it become like a qualifier in a way yeah it- uh there is a lot of uh, I'm, i'm coming from a <laughs> let's see if i can get around <laughs> the, mm-hmm. but there is a lot of nostalgia right now mm-hmm. uh we did a competition in germany and we weren't allowed to show realistic renders okay. oh i had to be sort of black and white flat uh renders mm-hmm. uh same happened here in in a international competition here in in upsala Mm-hmm. Uh, and we weren't allowed to show uh uh realistic renders they had to be flat white uh textures mm-hmm. okay because there is this this uh sort of pushback from the public saying that all these fancy uh renders are lie and they are not showing <laughs> what the building will actually look like at the mm-hmm. end once mm-hmm. it is built uh which might be true uh maybe some of these renders have been exaggerated mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. show too many happy people <laughs> yeah uh finally enough here in our office our, our leaders prefer like renders with rainy days like okay. the the grayer looks the nicer the render mm-hmm. they consider uh-huh uh because there is this idea that they want to portray something more real or closer right. to what is going to be in reality and not mm-hmm. yeah yeah blue sky make up on it and just like yeah the happy people in summer the only day that is going to be nice <laughs> uh yeah but uh, on the other hand and i am of the opinion that we we should just push the 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 tools of representation mm-hmm. mm. uh uh there is this case of an architect in the states that he uh said he said something like uh, clients spend uh 30% they go over budget during construction because mm. they realize the finishes or in 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 during the construction like they don't like some of the finishes that were chosen for the project so mm-hmm. they change their minds and then they say no let's change color or let, let's change even material let's do it in this and they 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 pushed the the, the budget 30% over mm-hmm. mm. so this architect said well right now the vr and and these things are are very good so he goes to the clients and says i guarantee you that there is no going to be changes in the during the construction mm. like you are you're going to be fully satisfied and if there are changes during the construction i will pay for them the trick is that i will show you then all this uh, vr and yeah. i will bring you into the building and i will yeah. show you as realistically as possible everything so you yeah. don't change your mind and he gets a cut of that extra 30% that he that saved, saved he's mm. putting it as as part of his fee now so he increases yeah. his fee as a designer that i think is the way is a way that we can go Or that it proves that these tools are getting so much more uh, realistic that right. we should yeah. uh, 
try to 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 go for that. But yeah, but line with like fancy fil- filters in Photoshop, uh, yeah. that then is not good. <laughs> but do you also think because this is this is I think super interesting. So we earlier had a conversation in one of the older podcasts with uh, uh, with a with a teacher of mine, uh, yeah. Rohan Shiv Kumar. Um, he 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 teaches still at the school where i studied architecture in mumbai uh, the krvia and i we, when we were speaking to him we, what we asked him is you know uh, is we notice trends in representation mm-hmm. no like mm-hmm. uh, this uh, like now you said when a competition proposes to you and says hey uh, only black and white or only the grays or the white mm-hmm. textures and then you know i think recently we've also been seeing a lot of this uh, uh, the trend of the post digital uh, collage as a representation technique that yeah. uh, for competitions and do you think so how much do you think our tools of representation are subject to trends or fashion <laughs> in a way and or how does one start to really uh, negotiate with that or is there a negotiation to be had there yeah i mean uh we we are business people at the end of the day because we 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 are we are selling our services and we are right mm-hmm. we we have to sell like yeah. we don't talk too much about that part of the role of an architect absolutely yeah. <laughs> but, but, but we are we we show stuff to clients and we have to win the projects like we mm-hmm. sell stuff yeah yeah uh and 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 yeah and then we just should master those different tools to to yeah. offer our services whatever tool uh is is appropriate for for each moment so i guess what i'm trying to say is like the, whatever we choose is it, is it, is it flat images or is it like a um collages uh, or, or is it yeah. or super realistic ones or vr um it will depend on what we want to so to offer to address mm-hmm. like what is the strategy so it's more strategic like mm-hmm. the, okay. the choosing of the style of, of representation would be strategic depending mm-hmm. on what you're trying to to sell mm-hmm. yeah to put it in 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 real simple terms um so it's not really about following trends i mm-hmm. i i don't believe <laughs> in that Mm-hmm. The, the, okay. for example the, the, the this guy offering this service of, of like highly realistic scenes at the very beginning but you save money at the end mm-hmm. it's a very pragmatic decision like, yeah he's not showing yeah. like these mood boards with the little pieces of materials like the right. guy now understand that he can just go and show the the, 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 the super realistic thing uh-huh. um but also I, i would see it also pragmatically uh in terms of the workflow like it's just having realistic textures for example in a revit model like pvr materials mm-hmm. it saves so much time yes yeah. okay if you apply that to a model directly first you see it you can navigate through the model directly and take decisions design decisions uh, but also for example elevations are already done you don't have yeah. to export the line work to illustrator and then like start doing illustrator things it's just there it's already in the mode uh, yeah. but then because those pvr material are there then you can put it in twin motion and because it's in twin motion now you can put it in unreal so right. mm-hmm. this is stuff we are talking about right now in our office like how to set up the just, workflow for those things yeah it makes more sense so the idea of realistic textures is more a matter of being uh, efficient and mm-hmm. it's not jumping between all these softwares and then you concentrate on 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 the design and take design decisions the qualities and the strategies mm. Mm. yeah nice mm. i think he also from what i understood he's also asking um more like are there enough trends yeah uh, even strategically is there is there <laughs> is there like three things that are way that are being used way too much and they dominate sort of the image the spaces of images like you know like whenever a competition begins often the temptation is to go and download 
I don't know, 50 images from Pinterest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in your experience, when you're working on a project, do you find enough variation in what you would call a style or a trend that the strategic is possible? Because if there yeah. is something that dominates culturally, mm. then you have to find a way to make your strategy work with that. Whereas yes. what would be ideal, I think you're saying, is to have a thousand different trends and styles that you can pick strategically, but at the same time you're thinking about not just the qualities of the architectural form and the and the work that you've put in into your project while you're trying to sell it, but also the fact that um, there is a... Like you're forced to consider what the market is. Yes. Because somehow the previous generation of architects, this is my personal opinion, made thinking about markets and finance to be un, almost un, sort of ethical for architects. Mm -hmm. and that's why we are terrible at selling and the ones that are good are doing a good job of yes, yes, yes. making very nice buildings and... Mm -hmm getting projects regularly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, in that is... sense, no. because what are trends? They're the market trying to talk to us. Yeah. But trends also implies that somebody made something nice and now the rest is copying what this somebody did. <laughs> like one person and everybody's following mm -hmm. the, the copying the style. Mm -hmm. Which kind yeah. of, it sounds like pop music, like somebody mm -hmm. comes with like a nice idea and then for the next five years, all the music is going to sound like this other thing that this other guy made. I don't know, like Billie Eilish came with this like soft voice, super cool production and now all the girls sing like Billie Eilish. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but like consistency is important. Like you have to be consistent as a designer, uh, okay. okay, your ideas, your proposals as design has to be consistent. Mm -hmm. And I believe that if you have that sort of consistency, you you will have, you will develop a style, right? Like the way you believe, the your politics, everything will reflect, be reflected in a typography, a color palette that you use, right? Like it just comes naturally because it reflects like everything, everything you're doing, producing is a reflection of those ideas you're trying mm -hmm. to show to the world. That is when I use the word consistency, like all mm -hmm. the production you do is connected to, to these principles that you have as a designer. Mm -hmm. So I would say if you do that, then your production is going to be unique. It's going to be your, your thing. Mm -hmm. It's going to be, it was really nice, for example, uh, to see uh, Enrique Miralles' uh -huh. uh, mm -hmm. floor plans. Like he has his own typography. Like you would see his drawings that were his, and and I was good. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Sahadid has his own typography too. But right. this kind of things, like if if this consistency, then then it's. You don't need to change it every two years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it becomes your thing, and it's it, you are the one who does it. I think that's more important than trying to follow the the trends. Mm. Cool. Yep. I guess. Uh, how are we looking? Yeah, we are doing good. <laughs> um, yeah, I also wanted to kind of pick your brains on uh, on. I think I'm going to leave it to you, but I wanted to pick your brains on how do you think, uh, how do you see uh, BIM uh, developing? I know that I already know, of course, please tell us a little background of how you see it at the moment, how you interact with these systems and how, how do you see, because this also uh, with respect to how Harman talks about a, a realist approach. Uh, the BIM is both, in my mind, is both uh, shows us symptoms 
of why the rea the uh, a, a real uh, image is tough to produce. I mean, there are textures that you can have in your Revit model, but the industry cannot simply produce the kind of variation um, that could be possible or that was possible when we were still building with brick and mortar and sort of all yeah. kinds of... Uh, so there is a sort of market cap idea that is being introduced. Whoever capitalizes the market and uh, accesses every firm, every screen of every architect mm. through their uh, back channels of uh, involvement in BIM... So maybe a little bit about that and how do you see it developing? And um, yeah, what do you, what do you, what do you think is um, happening? Yeah, this is. Uh... So if you use Revit as it comes out of the package, mm -hmm. your mm -hmm. buildings are going to look like layer cakes. <laughs> there is no discussion. <laughs> okay, there is no discussion there. Okay. Ah, having said that, <laughs> uh, it all comes down to mastering a tool mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to the point where you can even customize the tool itself. Because mm -hmm. if you are not able to do that, then the, the tool will limit you. Right. So you have to get to that level of mastery in the tool that you can tweak it and, and, and be appropriate to your own needs. Maybe and even be, hack it. But yeah. in the ways that it allows you to hack it, basically. Yeah, and I'm, I mean, I'm using very uh, like a generic terms because that, right. that could have applied when we were using rulers and, and the table. Yeah. Like, the, the, for example, when they needed to draw the, the splines. Mm-hmm. These ducks, you, you have seen them, those yeah, like yeah. iron weights pulling yeah. the, the little wooden stick. Mm -hmm. Those guys came up with all this uh, modification of their own tools to achieve a new, new ways of expressing uh, yeah. architecture. Uh, and I think uh, you have to master Revit to a very high level. Like you have to know API, for example. You have to mm -hmm. know how to use python and how to get into the api so that you can do more than what the out of the package software allows you because mm. this i in, in a more i was talking about revit but if you talk in more general terms like in my university um i was very lucky so i study uh, the, the first semester i had to draw with uh, uh, pencils and ink i, mm -hmm, I did mm -hmm. one floor plan it took me like one week to finish it <laughs> And then after my second semester, my t design uh, design uh, studio teacher decided to teach us uh, vector works. Mm, okay. And since my second semester, I have never used pencil or ink. <laughs> it's all been always like in computer. Uh, mm. And vector works is a Beam uh, software. Back then, it was called MiniCAD. Then oh, it was okay. called vector works. Uh, but when I came to my uh, internship it was this realization they were using form z mm -hmm. and i was like how they do these shapes like of course like i was using these mm -hmm. vector works and all my projects were layered because it forces you to work by levels by right. floors yeah and the just the idea of trying to bring bring a piece of your facade down into another level is like impossible because the walls won't go down or it's just like a yeah, hassle yeah. Mm -hmm. and i realized like of course the software will limit your options uh right now we have design here in our office uh, for the last four years three office buildings mm -hmm. and the main stair in the main hall all of the three stairs have been designed in in rhino mm -hmm. mm. the whole project is in revit Beam 360, all you name it, tags and blah, 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 and schedules and you name it, all the information. But the stairs have to be designed in Rhino because there is no way to do them in, in Revit. It's, it's just a disaster trying to use the handrails and the tools that come from, from the tool. Mm -hmm. uh, so we come <laughs> sort of back to a, a simpler way of using uh, 
the 3D software. Um, but now they're so, changing it, right? There is a Rhino inside Revit and... Yeah, now you can, yeah, like last year, finally, you could do like slanted walls <laughs> in Revit <laughs> in 2021. <laughs> it's like, oh, uh, yes. But now with, with, with Rhino Insight, for example, you can model Rhino stuff, Rhino geometry, whatever you want it to be uh, inside Revit. Mm-hmm. It's still developing. Um, like now in the office, we're trying to get on that train. Uh, oh, cool. but uh as it is bim is limiting in terms of ex- expressiveness mm-hmm. but then you also see uh talking about like mastering the tool you see that zahadid made a couple of uh, presentations in the autodesk university uh two years ago mm-hmm. and yeah. some of the projects are like two years ago 2019 wait and when did she pass away 19 or 20? Five years ago. Yeah, it was. Are you talking about uh, the Zahadid Architects, the firm? Yeah, the guys okay, from Zahadid Architects did a I'm presentation. I'm sorry, that's in, my bad. <laughs> no, like the BIM team Beam of team, Zahadid yeah, yeah. Uh, made a presentation. Mm-hmm. And there was this project that they started in Revit. Mm. Oh, because wow. they, are, they are learning how to master the, the Revit. And they still can do funky, curvy shapes. Uh, but it's because they are working it at a really high level, like these adaptive components that mm, are okay. uh, much harder to, to use. Or but to write. What, yeah, but this guy, that's what he said. Like, if you really get into the software and learn like, uh, like, like how it works, then you can do stuff with it. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, mm-hmm. then you get... Uh, you end up doing really simplistic stuff because it's just, if you don't know how to do it, then it will take a lot of time to do stuff. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And then, uh, so, I don't know. Right now, it's quite exciting. I think uh, seeing a high par, seeing a swarm from Thor- Thornton Tomasetti and uh, Speckle, now it's moving also into this idea of you upload whatever model, Beam, Rhino, and it becomes this agnostic format <laughs> that is now in the cloud. Mm. And then from there, mm-hmm. you can download into whatever format you want. Okay. But the real file is that one that is there that is formatless. Oh, okay. Okay. That is, uh, that's probably the next step when we, okay. when mm. I think things are moving in that direction because the, the, the idea of the beam that you have a 3D that produces 2D is useful, uh, but that's that very old last. school. That is very mm-hmm. old school. Like the idea of producing floor plans is PDFs. It's just passé. Um, mm-hmm. We just did here in, in our office the the most digitized project, mm-hmm. uh, beam project, and what that means is that in the construction site there were no floor plans. Mm. You mean uh, paper printed or digital? No. No, the workers had iPads and ah, a big okay. uh, screen. Uh-huh. Okay. And there was Wi-Fi. That was one of the problems of the construction. That they, <laughs> they needed to make sure that there was Wi-Fi during the construction. <laughs> um, and the workers uh, measure on the screen. Uh, Everything. Yeah, so there were no dimensioning of anything. They had no. the real model with like even screws. Uh, and they could measure all the parts inside with the with the iPad, mm. uh, and then they had these lasers on site that they could also then do the measurements there. Right. Yeah. And literally, <laughs> the project was was built without any paper or any dimensioning. It was the three D model uh, there. Like it was. It's this dream that everybody talks about, and and it's, it's already done. Yeah. Possible. It's yeah. possible to do, and then it works also the other way around. Uh, for the revisions because uh, mm. then the workers will say no this we don't understand or this is not matching with the, with the reality how do mm-hmm. we solve this so they literally touch an object write a comment the comments shows in the in the in the in the project manager uh screen mm-hmm. and he sends it to to the architect or to whoever consultant is responsible of that object wow. and that's, yeah. that, that was the workflow Wow. This is almost like social media, like <laughs> WhatsApp messages coming from the guy on site and 
we're solving it much faster. I guess this mm. also saves time and sort of so very sustainable uh, yeah. system. Yeah, and it's so really is... come down to skill, like you're saying, because an iPad and a BIM license is available everywhere in the world. Yeah, I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. every it's, market it's, it's... in the world. There was mm. a, a rough calculation that uh, because there was no courier mm-hmm. and no blueprints mm-hmm. for this for this for the construction of this project, uh, they saved as much money as to pay two architects full time for one year. Wow! <laughs> wow! Just in paper and courier. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. And I nice. mean, <laughs> it's amazing. I think, uh, and I think what it's very interesting when you say the idea of there being this formatless file in the cloud mm. somewhere. So even the the BIM license gets its. Uh, it can be eventually. It can be any anything, right? Any. It can be a subscription of any of these uh, sort of Revit or something else or something else. But it will eventually open up on the iPad. So you have that kind of access. I oh, know. He's talking about two different things. This is okay. a, This is a different uh, sort of. Uh, I don't know. Is it blockchain based? Uh, could be no, but no. This this one's not. No. Okay. Uh, no. So, you, am am I right? You're talking about two different things here. One that the one about the agnostic. Uh, yes. Uh, extension or the agnostic uh-huh. uh, file extension is just a system that's new where you upload a, a 3D object. This is a little bit like fungibility in blockchain, right? Uh-huh. You put it up there and it loses its sort of relation to a tool that it came from and it exists as uh-huh. an object in itself. Yes. And then it can go to any tool. So so basically, uh, there cannot be any kind of... Uh, you know, iTunes ecosystem that controls anything because this this particular file can now go from BIM to uh, Adobe mm. if it wants to, and that uh, uh, Revit will not produce a sister tool that you can use along with Revit as a plugin that you have to pay for, and that will let you do more cool things because now you can use that non um uh, extension file for mm. any purpose mm-hmm. that you wish it might even show up as an excel sheet yes um, uh no yeah 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 no but 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 it's, it's related uh, what, what you were saying oh, okay. of mm-hmm. showing it in the web too because if it is in this sort of cloud then it yeah. means you can show it in the web browser as well exactly yeah of course but and, across uh, everything yeah, yeah. uh-huh yeah, the trick here is that uh, this object, when it's originally created in whoever platform, whichever yeah. platform, is the metadata you write into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, either okay. you call it, uh, you call it, is is a wall, uh, and then there is a hierarchy of, of of stuff that you can say about a wall, like yeah, yeah, the metadata, and mm-hmm. then this metadata is kept with the object, and wherever you download it, it's this metadata will be represented as Is numbers or as textures oh, okay. or as colors, depending on the software you're using to visualize. But yeah, but the whole thing is that is software is not needed pretty much now. Like it, it could be all web yeah. uh, uh, displayed in, in web, which is what happened in this project, uh, this construction project I, I was talking about. It's called yeah. Celsius. Uh, you you oh, can look yeah. like there is stuff in the internet if you're curious about that. Yeah. Because even the yeah. guy who's on the site then now no longer needs a sort of software view to view the drawing itself. If it is stored in a metadata or a agnostic file format, if he mm. gets something else also, oh. he can download it and then see it on his iPad and then kind of use yeah. it to do its construction so he on doesn't the site. Have to have, he or she doesn't need to have access to let's say the actual bim file that is on the on the on your firm's cloud yeah well in in, in theory it could work that way but in this particular project it was uh, it was uh, used uh, three uh, autodesk 360 cloud service okay so all the bim models from everybody were up there and then there was an intermediate software 
that is mm. the one that it was used to all the annotations and all the revisions okay and even clashing and that software which is all cloud like it's just a cloud file but it has some extra tools to do annotations or dimensioning that was administered by the construction company okay yeah. and, and it has different permissions and yeah yeah exactly so the project does it's not like fully 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 public but it's there is this 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 way pipeline of data yeah because the trick here then is uh the the whole idea of con contracts like contracts used to be based on drawings right. and the revisions and who said what to change and not to change all the cloud revisions were mm. in floor plans uh, and li the liability is is uh, if something goes wrong, then the whole legal process was based on these drawings with revisions and cloud revisions mm -hmm. on mm -hmm. the drawings. But how do you keep track of these in this version, in right. a 3D version? So you, you do have to use, in this case, this specific software. I don't remember the name. Is it Solibri? That okay, you but they, it records the whole sort of interaction, yeah, the real so interaction. Ah, so you do like backups. So okay. the project has this system that it would backup itself uh, every night uh -huh. by itself, and it will create uh, like a dump of right. the data of that day. And that was mm -hmm. that is that was the legal way of solving this project. Oh, right, superb. Wow. We've touched so much. Yeah. So we've gone through. Um, I think from the start we went through the idea of. Uh, the diagrams we went mm. through uh, architectural, projects. architectural projects how we are to Represent. use uh, representation <laughs> and now finally we even touched upon the sort of software or the tools that we can use for all of this in in this uh, in this entire ecosystem of sorts my question to you is uh, what would you or how would you suggest that a student who is just starting to study architecture now, mm. uh, how must he or she engage with this ecosystem Yeah, in this age, in this time? I mean, it's you also said, relevant uh, yeah. because you yeah. see how he, yeah, how exactly. you mentioned first semester, I made one drawing. It took me a week. Yeah. Second semester onwards, I was like this. I won, I was on Vectorworks and now look, uh, I, I know the problems of, each software. Yeah. How yeah. does a student that comes into studied now then? Yeah. How does he or she have to, how do they just start engaging? Because you know, this, it is no longer this, uh, this nineties world of the hand drawing still, or the new ideas coming out. This is as we have seen through this conversation is a far more complex world with many, like you said, no, 2005, there was this explosion. And then now it's so tough to keep track. <laughs> yeah, so already it sounds like in grasshopper lingo, it sounds like things have been baked. <laughs> I think 10 years ago, we were all trying to like jump between softwares and going like, oh yeah, but if you want to do that, you can do that on that much better. than if you want to do this, you can do this here. And I'd, I'd wonder what kind of a discussion would happen in a, cafeteria in an architecture university now like yeah i mean i remember when i saw enscape for the first time like it wasn't two years ago <laughs> i was like what if i could have had this in school <laughs> 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 like trying to set up a rendering in school was like uh nightmare it was so painful yeah. um yeah, yeah. so I, I would say maybe if we start from from sort of the 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 like backwards uh yeah. what sure. we are aiming at is at the digital twins okay. that is that is going to be the thing uh governments um, are moving into that direction the uk has a, a solid program to that here in sweden the government is funding a lot of that as well because they want to move to, in that direction mm -hmm. i think that's that's going to be probably like countries will start moving that way um, right which means that then the deliverables that the municipalities will request for approval of projects are not going to be any more 2D drawings or even PDFs, but it's going to be beam models, mm -hmm. which is the way the UK works now. Like the, the government, government projects, you have to deliver a beam model. Like 
PDFs are not anymore what they request. Uh, mm -hmm. So yeah, so as you saw, like Beam allows for 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 uh, for these digital twins, like hyper realistic with all the screws in the model type of mm -hmm. uh, mod three D model. Um, then you need uh, the Beam, uh, but then I would say you. As a student, you need to have uh, a, a good modeling skills, like or have skills in a good modeling software. Mm -hmm. uh, call it Rhino is the go-to tool right now for mm -hmm. for good, like a good modeler, three D modeler. Uh, but uh, uh, oh, what's the name of the open source? Uh, Blender. 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 Yeah. There is even. Uh, projects going on for beam blender and you oh, can wow. get 2d drawings out of it blender is coming quite strong so mm -hmm. that could be like another another go-to 3d mm -hmm. basic mm -hmm. uh tool uh yeah you will have the the beam but i, I wouldn't get too crazy about like going super beam uh, mm -hmm. maybe first you learn how to use a, a nice uh Modeling, modeling tool and then you can you could rhino you could you can produce drawings yeah uh flow plans so you can do production with that uh but i think one key uh thing now it's programming mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. if you can in school learn python uh and yeah the next one is c sharp but if you right. can if you can do Python, then you can do so many things with so many software now nowadays. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like because it's all like it's all now this idea of the APIs and that you can like link stuff and mm -hmm. it's all moving web as well. The digital twins will be also a web version of of everything. Yeah, it's way more mm -hmm. closer to game engine environments than to to Rhino. In a way, yeah, almost. yeah, like this idea of the desktop. Uh, software it's this sort of passing yeah uh, so as a student i think you will benefit a lot with uh, knowing some 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 programming but uh, just to clarify if i were to say to learn a good modeling software to learn 3d modeling itself you mean i i would mean it in a way that means to learn to design in all directions in 3d and even though Rhino is uh, a 3D software, it's not even as close to some other, uh, there's sculpting functions in Blender, there's uh, ZBrush. And what I would say is to learn to design in 3D directly is what is more important about learning a good 3D modeling tool, right? Yeah, 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 definitely. Like, uh, yeah, I'm not even considering that the 2D is a, it's an option, like <laughs> yeah, but AutoCAD I mean, or whatever. Yes, but you you should uh, strive to to make your designs in a three D manner. Yeah, okay. yeah, and work in three D. Yeah, that's more uh, what I wanted to say uh, as a clarification for myself because often even in the teaching that I've done in the past. By the way, Chirag is uh, taught in Mumbai way more than I have. He's He's been an assistant professor for, I don't know, three years? No, two and a half, yeah. Two and a half. Yeah. And uh, he often tells me way more about how his interaction with students used to be in Mumbai, and it's not too long ago. So we often discuss this a lot, especially with respect to the software that we ourselves know and the new ones that we were introduced to in the program here and how the 3D environment actually works and it's something that can be taught even now, even though there was this whole wave of the digital, but there has been so much um, design uh, teaching that may have not focused on the sort of, that's why I like to sort of dumb it down and say design from all directions at the same time mm -hmm. instead of, saying do it in a 3D model because then people just draw a floor plan, put it in Rhino and extrude. Yeah. That's you, not what we mean by that, right? Yeah. 
No, you have to, I, I, I will repeat my repeat this phrase, but like you have to master the tools mm -hmm. in such a way that you can express your ideas. Like, I think that's one of the most important things when you are in a real office and when you're new mm -hmm. as, a, mm -hmm. as a designer, you just got hired. You, you have to be able to show your, your ideas. It's, this is not school anymore that you have an hour to explain to your teacher where your idea is coming from because mm -hmm. you, you didn't have time to finish your drawing. Like in, in the real environment, you have to be fast. Like you have a good idea, cool. Then try to, to express it as, 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 yeah. as, quick, as quick and as best as you can. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. publication level type of drawings, always. Sketchy right. things, no. Try to always make it look as if, as if it was a final drawing. Right. Um, and it, it, this, is, this idea of producing always final work is, is very important because uh, it, you, you just get like this, this sort of uh, system and then you don't waste time. Like you're always <laughs> making things look nice. Like if you're putting something in a, in a page, a line, put everything like uh, as it was be going to be published tomorrow. Right. And it means that your colleagues will understand your idea and you have much more a chance that your, your ideas and your concepts concept will be, will be uh, used in a project. Because mm -hmm. if your ideas are not clear, then there is, uh, there, there is very little chance that they're going to be used. So, yeah, it's not really about like a specific software, but, but, but like make sure that you know, you know the software that allows you to, to express your, your ideas. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, and then collaboration. Uh, we have people that uh, only use certain software mm -hmm. and then they cannot collaborate with the rest of the office. Uh, so it's important also to keep that in, in mind that you know software that allows you to collaborate within with the others. team. Mm -hmm. yeah. Right now, what that means is uh, Revit and Vine. <laughs> if, I, if I put it simply in like nowadays, if you know those two, then you can collaborate with with tons of people uh but maybe yeah in a couple of years that might change but we'll see yeah. is yeah. there also then, some yeah go ahead go ahead go ahead yeah yeah no like and then in terms of uh tools for me uh, theory philosophy are tools as well like yeah. you do that's need... what i was trying to get to but <laughs> <laughs> thanks <laughs> you you do need a, a a background that that allows you to understand reality like philosophy for me is not about thinking about existence. Philosophy for me is a way to understand how the world works mm. so that then I can propose things like we have this problem. Why is it? Then I have all these philosophical tools that allow me to understand where things come from, how reality works. Mm -hmm. and then I can propose solutions and my concepts, architectural concepts will normally come out of these of these uh, philosophical tools you can call right. them theoretical tools but <laughs> but yeah, yeah you 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 need to you need to do that because uh, then you develop your own your own ideas uh, about how the world works and, and how you should uh, operate as a designer instead of just following formal trends and colors and styles mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's super important when it comes to someone who is just starting to study architecture. As yeah, a, yeah. that's actually and, very well put. Yeah, yeah I mean, to I love the fact that you mentioned philosophical tools or theoretical tools. Yeah, yes. this whole uh, when we were in school, I think I remember very clearly yeah. this yeah. practice and uh, theory separation that is so such a false uh, sort of binary. Yeah, that existed. Yeah. <laughs> Libni, do you have any questions for us? Uh, <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> no, guys, this has been really nice. Uh, yeah. This has been very, uh, uh, I have enjoyed it, this, this discussion pretty much. Oh, we loved it. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It was, I think it was, it was really, really, nice. really amazing. I think it was, and I just love how we went all the, we, we, we we started with talking about the black and the white and then the spectrum in between. And what <laughs> I just love the most is that we actually discussed the spectrum, <laughs> the complete spectrum through the whole thing. And I think that was, um, that was so amazing. But uh, yeah, thanks so much for uh, taking your time out and doing this uh, for us. 
and it's been an absolute pleasure absolute no. pleasure thank you thank Likewise. you so much <laughs> no, no the pleasure thank, has been mine <laughs> thanks and and hopefully you're definitely uh, of course all our speakers are all our guests are but you're definitely somebody we are going to come and uh, pick your brains uh, uh, not in the too distant future again to find out what you've been up to since this conversation and uh, how's the world around you changed yep so <laughs> Stay tuned for that and <laughs> yeah goodbye Leevni thank you so much again no yeah. thank you guys yeah. you have a, a nice day yeah you too <laughs> so there you go guys that was our conversation with Libni Pacheco hope you enjoyed the conversation we would love to know what you thought about it let us know in the comment section below please like share and subscribe you can follow us on Instagram at broadcast.interrupted where we keep posting news and updates about our upcoming episodes this podcast is also available in its audio form yep. and you can get it on spotify apple podcasts google podcasts or wherever else you get your podcasts from that's us signing off for now and see you on the next one bye